As you know, fuel time, uh, fuel prices are an all-time high right now. We know that, right? Well, that includes jet fuel, by the way. Um, and we know that the Trudeau government puts a lot of emphasis on climate, climate change, green energy, all the rest of this stuff, fighting climate change. It's all constant, constant talking points. So it, it's a bit of a to-do in some circles to learn about our jet-setting prime minister's recent frequent flyer miles. He's, he's really stacking them up. He is. He has logged enough miles to fly around the world three times since June and that's when he resumed travel following, you know, he pretty much shut her down during the pandemic, like, like most of us. But since June, when he started flying again, he's put on enough miles to fly around the world three times. Doesn't really work with the whole discussion. But I mean, this is the thing. There's the reality. And anyway, let's get into the conversation. We're going to chat with Bruce Campbell now, who is an adjunct professor at York University, faculty of environmental studies, senior fellow at Ryerson University, Center for Free Expression, and former executive director at the Canadian Center for Policy Alternatives. Um, Bruce, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us today. Nice to be here. I'm just recovering from COVID, so I'm not 100%, but I'm enough to to join you. I'm happy to do that. Excellent. Glad to hear that. I hope you're feeling better. Um, uh, I am. How, 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 like, how long has it been? Uh, for me, it's been about 10 days. Okay. and uh, My wife is actually, because my wife's a teacher, uh, and she brought it home from school, and so that's how I got it. Uh, she's got it a lot worse. I'm not sure if she's... She's been off for two weeks. I'm not sure if she's coming back on Monday. She's going to really try. Um, and so I'm relatively uh, mild compared to her. It really varies from person it to does. person. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're doing okay, and I appreciate you joining us today. Um, sure. This conversation that we're talking about here, I mean... There's the reality of it, and that seems to be where the sticking point is. And, and it's a tough spot for the prime minister that he puts himself in because the reality of being prime minister collides directly with the ambitious stance he's taken on climate change. And he, he puts himself in a spot every time with this kind of thing, doesn't he? Yeah. And, and he, you know, there are other contradictions that he makes that are much more consequential. But the optics of this, you know, don't look good. Um and, um, you know, there's no apparent awareness or action to, to, to reduce emissions caused, for example, through, through, uh, through offsets, uh, you know, and I mean real offsets where, where you know, you, the, the amount of emissions uh, are actually paid for yeah. by reducing emissions elsewhere. And there's no indication that he's that he's engaged in that. He certainly doesn't talk about it. Um, and um, I wonder, you know, some of those shorter trips, if he can't travel in less emitting form of transportation, such as trains or, or electric vehicles, or, you know, we're in a pandemic world. Uh, people make greater use of Zoom calls. So what are the, you know, what are the possibilities uh, there? Uh, and you have to understand that this is a prime minister. He travels the world, but you also got to think that he he's got to be much more um, openly attentive to the impact, uh, the emissions impact of these uh, of these uh, trips. And one of the things that uh, <coughs> that I haven't heard him talking about. I mean, he talks a lot about in electric vehicles, but I haven't 
um, heard him talk about non-emitting hydrogen-fueled airplanes. For example, Airbus is is in the process of developing them, or the short-haul electric planes. Um, You know, Bombardier, we have a a Canadian company who seems to me would be well-placed to develop hydrogen-powered aircraft, but uh, I haven't heard anything to that effect. And I think, uh, you know, if he's going to kind of make the optics work a little better, um, uh, apart from the other contradictions, like <laughs> declaring a climate emergency and the next day buying a pipeline or, or establishing reduction targets uh, and then, and then greenlighting a new offshore oil exploration in contradiction to the, the IPCC call for, for an end to new projects. So, you know, he's, I, he's got a, he's got a kind of get some of that in line or his handlers, uh, need to make him a, a little more sensitive sensitive to 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 these uh, embarrassing optics um bruce i'm wondering now uh, the, the conservatives in my audience love this they, i mean this is this is it, it's perfect for them it makes them tingly in all the all the right ways does he ever get blowback from environmentalists i don't like do people stand up and say oh come on or do liberals ever criticize him i mean is it always just conservatives that point out the hypocrisy in what he's saying or um does he ever get blowback from other sides and other parties well that i i can't say um he certainly gets blowback from environmentalists on on the you know the on some of the other conflicts but in terms of his personal flying habits i haven't uh, i haven't heard any uh, to this point, though I don't follow these things really closely, um, but it just uh, when the journalist, you know, kind of brought those figures to my attention, uh, it seemed to be an obvious one uh, that needed to be uh, brought to light, and uh, and uh, you know that uh, he needs to get uh, get in a, a bit more in line, or else you know it just stands out. For not only for conservatives, but um, but you know one of the things that I um, that I'm really concerned about is the the income and wealth gap, and so elites travel a lot more. Uh, wealthy elites travel a lot more um, by plane, and in, including including Trudeau, uh, than ordinary uh, average Canadians. And the IPC report identified inequality as a major, you know, as, and, and climate change is being joined at the hip. And so, so when you have a situation where the richest 1% of Canadians emit uh, 190 tons per capita, where the poorest 50% of Canadians emit an average of 10 tons per capita. And so, and so those, those kinds of, um, those kinds of differences, I haven't seen um, um, them either b- resolved directly by being um, forced to uh, to compensate more because of their the, the, their increased travel, um, and and I haven't seen. And this is something I've been tracking for forty years: the income and wealth gap and. Although Trudeau, when he came to power, you know, he stated that he was aware of it and that we had to do something about it. But even, you know, I looked in the, and I wrote a piece on this uh, 
in in response to the last budget. The, you know, there's you know some things have been done to to strengthen the social safety net, and we're looking at at the possibility of things like pharmacare in the future, although it's not a reality until it's a reality. But in terms of the actual uh, gap, which is unprecedented gap, and it's been growing uh, for, you know, for 40 years, uh, there's, there's, nothing, there's nothing in this budget that would, that would do that. So that just exacerbates people's, people's alienation and resentment uh, towards kind of those who hold wealth and power. So I think that's a, a, a big part of the equation, in my view, that you're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to deal with these, uh, with these issues mm-hmm. if you're going to bring people along on the climate issue. And, you know, let's face it, it's a real issue. It and is. And we have to deal with it. I hear you. Bruce, I know you wanted to keep this short. Due to the co- I appreciate your time this morning. Thanks so much for joining us.